Well, good evening, church, and welcome to A Look in the Book, our midweek devotional study. And we're doing the attributes of God. Coming from A.W. Tozer's quote, what comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Last week, we started the joy of worshiping an infinitely wise God, God's wisdom. And I said we'd continue with it this Wednesday night. I have a book a lot of you have read, The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. And ever since I've been getting books, I've scribbled my name and date in the front of them. And this one, I graduated from high school in 1972. And that summer, I bought and read for the first time A.W. Tozer's book, The Knowledge of the Holy, was looking through it, and here's a passage that I guess when I was about 18 years old, I underlined on God's wisdom. Let me just share it with you. In the Holy Scriptures, wisdom, when used of God and good men, always carries a strong moral connotation. It is conceived as being pure, loving, and good. Wisdom that is mere shrewdness is often attributed to evil men, but such wisdom is treacherous and false. These two kinds of wisdom are in perpetual conflict. Indeed, the whole history of the world is discovered to be but a contest between the wisdom of God and the cunning of Satan. The outcome of the contest is not in doubt. The imperfect must fall before the perfect at last. God has warned that he will take the wise in their own craftiness and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Divine wisdom, among other things, is the ability to devise perfect ends and to achieve those ends by the most perfect means. It sees the end from the beginning, so there can be no need to guess or conjecture. Wisdom sees everything in focus. That's a great sentence. Each in proper relation to all, and is thus able to work toward predestined goals with flawless precision. All God's acts are done in perfect wisdom. And you can kind of just say amen and wrap up, except we're going to do our devotional still. On the wisdom of God. Uh, last week, we were kind of tracking the marks of divine wisdom. And the one point we considered last Wednesday night was God works all things with eternal ends in mind. So, so if, if we're inclined to view everything from the priority of the present and the immediate and our own comfort, uh, we will always have a hard time lining up with a God who's constantly looking toward ultimate ends, ultimate goals, things farther down the road than we have the, the uh, perception of. We can't see those things. So, Mark number one of divine wisdom, it always works with eternal ends in mind. So let's pick up now with number two. Whenever God does anything, 
He has all the facts. You and I aren't like that. I can look back on my life, you can look back on yours, and you can see where you, you did something that you thought was the right thing and had you only known so-and-so or such-and-such, you would have chosen differently, but you didn't have all the information. You did the best you could, but you didn't have all the information. That never happens to God. That never happens to God. He never works with just part of the truth. When he deals with our lives, he knows he knows the ideas in our heads. He knows the motives in our hearts. He knows where every single decision that we make is going to take us, how it will affect our lives, how they will unfold. The Bible emphasizes this over and over again, that we're just, we're transparent before God, and that's a good thing. Hebrews 4.13 and no creature is hidden from his sight, but, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. This is amazing. I mean, in absolutely everything that God does, he takes absolutely everything into account. So when God's ways look unwise to me, it's only because I, I don't have that capacity to take everything into account when I make a decision. We do the best we can. I think of as many things as I can think of, but it's still just a tremendously small number compared to all the data that's available. So we do the best we can, but to take everything into account in our own situations, in our own choices, in our own assessment of of what our lives are all about, to take everything into account, we can't do that. We can't do that. Now, here's the important question. Why does the Bible tell us this about the wisdom of God? Is it just because, well, he really, he, he needs to be patted on the head. We, he needs to have people tell him how great he is or he's just not going to be happy. Is that it? Is it an ego thing? And no, it isn't. It isn't. He, he tells us this because I need to remember at all sorts of different times in my life, and you have to remember in all sorts of different circumstances in your life, that faith in God is always, it's not just a religious duty, it is always the wisest way to live because only God can direct our lives knowing the end from the beginning, having all the facts, all the information, all the data. It's to teach us to rely on his wisdom rather than our own uh, limited judgments. He, he's able, you know, the Romans 8, 28, he's able to make all things work together for good. And the important part of that is he can take, he can work everything together See, I, I tend to judge God sometimes by isolated events. God doesn't do anything just taking isolated events into account. He works everything together with all the information. He puts all the parts together, the way a, a good recipe takes all the ingredients and then blends them together. This is what God does. The text doesn't mean that everything that happens to me is good. That's not what Romans 8.28 is about. What Romans 8.28 is, is everything that happens to me taken together 
will be for my ultimate good. And, and for that to be true, it takes just high confidence in the wisdom of God. Now, let's just trace where we've been so far. Think of the three attributes of God that we've studied, that he is eternal and self-existent, that he is unchanging. It's called his immutability, his unchangingness, and now his infinite wisdom. Think of those three things and think of how we are invested in these three attributes of God. They mean so much to our daily lives. Think about it this way. What if God was not eternal? I mean, no matter how good he was and how wise he was, he would eventually wear out like the rest of us. So all of his good intentions, all of his plans would end just like my life ends, your life will end. If God weren't eternal, it would be good for as long as he was around, but eventually everything would snuffle down into the dust. We benefit so much from God being eternal. Secondly, what if God was not unchanging? What, what if one week he wanted to redeem me, but the next week he really wanted to get even with me for all of my failures and all of my sins? What if one year he was merciful, but the next year he was sadistic and cruel? Because he's almighty, if he was changing, who could, who could stop him? Nobody. So we benefit eternally by God being eternal. Secondly, we benefit eternally by God being unchanging. He's faithful, always. And what if God weren't infinitely wise? I mean, what if he was eternal and unchanging, but constantly making huge blunders, huge mistakes? Where would we go this this coming winter, if he just forgot to put oil and natural gas in the ground? What if he just couldn't remember, how did I make it rain last week? And he couldn't do it again. What if he just couldn't figure out what to do about my sin and my pride? So I hope you can see that what we're studying in these midweek look in the book studies is we benefit so much from our God being who he is. And it is just, it is such a worthwhile study. What comes to your mind when you think about God really is the most important thing about you. Make sure it lines up with everything that the Bible says. Thinking about those attributes altogether, let me close with one more quote from A.W. Tozer. It's from the knowledge of the holy. And he says this, with the goodness of God to desire our highest welfare, the wisdom of God to plan it, and the power of God to achieve it, what do we lack? Surely, we are of all the most favored of creatures. And everyone said, it's so true. It's so true.
Let's pray. We're so thankful just for these moments in the middle of the week where we can steer our minds into better things, where our minds can come home to your word and be oriented toward thinking the right things about our God, the revealed truths about our wonderful living God and our Redeemer. And so take these truths and bless them to our hearts. Take, take away the, the triteness of so much, the little caricatures and social media, and, and, and bring our minds to your word again. Stretch them with great thoughts of God. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget, Sunday morning, we'll be studying 1 John, knowing God and knowing you are loved by God. We started that last Sunday morning. We'll finish that this Sunday morning. And then Sunday night at 6.30, right here again, I want to talk to you about how you can expand your present appetite for God's Word. I don't know what, what, what emotes, what feelings you have when you, you come to the Word, but you can expand your present appetite for God's word. And I want to talk to you Sunday night about how to do that. God bless you, church. Love one another.